Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in .NET. I'm Sean Klebo, your host. With me today is your co-host, Y. Lu. Hey, Y. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Hey, good, good. So you're starting to get winter down there, I hear. Yeah, it's, it's very cold right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got sun, these recordings are starting to be earlier and earlier, so <laughs> uh-huh. I've got to learn to get up earlier again. Yeah, it's supposed to get uh, actually pretty warm where I'm at this weekend i think it's uh, supposed to be about 87 fahrenheit which would be out about 30 celsius yeah that's a good temperature it's mm-hmm. not too bad so still not a lot of rain so we're hoping for for some of that otherwise yeah. it's, otherwise it's going to be a bad fire season all right okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i heard we're talking about uno today are we talking card game yeah, that's also what I've been studying up on for the whole week. All right, um. all right. Well, let's bring in our guest, uh, Martin Zuckman. Welcome, Martin. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hello. Thank you for hello. inviting me. Glad to have you, glad to have you. I remember working my tail off to become a senior developer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I went to any conference I could and watched the videos about the things that I thought I needed to learn. And eventually, I got that senior developer job. And then I realized that the rest of my career looked just like where I was now. I mean, where was the rush I got from learning? What was I supposed to do to keep growing? And then I found it. I got the chance to mentor some developers. I started a podcast and helped many more developers. I did screencasts and helped even more developers. I kind of became a dev hero. And now I want to help you become one too. And if you're looking forward to something more than doing the same thing at a different job three years from now, then join the Dev Heroes Accelerator. I'll walk you through the process of building and growing a following and finding people that you can uniquely help as you build the next stage of your career. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got into development and uh, kind of what you do? All right, so I'm a primarily mobile and desktop developer but also doing some web development on the backend side and primarily in the Microsoft technology stack. So C-sharp and .NET in general. And lately I've been contributing for the last uh, two years uh, into Uno platform, which is the technology I wanted to introduce today. So that's about it. All right. Well, tell us about Uno. I, I don't think it's a card game for our discussion here, right? It is also, but <laughs> it's not relevant to the technology itself. So, so Uno platform comes from uh, fr- the name comes from French because the team that's working on Uno platform is uh, uh, seated in Quebec, uh, in Montreal, in Canada. So they are bilingual, also English and French. And the Uno platform is basically a framework that allows you to build cross-platform applications that are written as a single code base but then run on all devices from Android, iOS, macOS, WebAssembly, Windows, also Linux currently. So it's a wide range of devices that you can run these applications on. And the goal is for you to have to write just single code base and don't have to know about any platform specifics. So So, is it similar to something like Xamarin Informed or or React Native or or Flutter? What what would be the difference between... Yeah, it's like the same same goal, basically, allowing you to simplify cross-platform development as much as possible. So, yeah, in the .NET development world, it's very similar layer-wise to the Xamarin forms. It's at the same level as Xamarin forms, basically above Xamarin on iOS and Android. 
and uh, on the other platforms again above uh, Xamarin macOS and uh, on Windows is directly on the Windows layer and in case of WebAssembly it's running on top of Mono which runs in the browser. Huh? Uno is from French, but Uno is Spanish. I don't oh. know what the, I don't know French term for one. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe confused then. <laughs> I always thought it was one in French, so okay. <laughs> oh, it could, it could be, but I mean, Spanish, you know. I know, those, yeah. You know, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what French is, so, so could be. Maybe it's both ways. All right. So yeah, keep going. Uh, so when would you use Uno um, compared to these other platforms? Yeah, so there is a lot of decisions that you have to make before you're building a cross-platform application, definitely. So like the basic approach would be to just write separate application for each platform. So that would be like uh, writing separate iOS applications, separate Android application, mm. separate macOS, and so on. It's a lot of platforms, a lot of additional work because you're basically writing the same features all over again in different languages, in different UI frameworks again. And you need several teams of developers because each team will be proficient in one single platform, but it's unlikely that one team of developers will handle all of them at once. So uh, like that's, that's the most cost inefficient approach, I think. So the, of course, there are frameworks that allow you to improve that, to basically bridge this need to write things multiple, uh, multiple times and uh, simplify this. So the first would be Xamarin Forms in case of uh, .NET development, where you have shared code base for the business logic and shared UI layer, which is XAML. And you can basically write the same application in just one, one code base, but there will be some platform specifics that we'll need to handle because Xamarin Forms goes currently in the way that you have the shared controls and shared features, but it's usually the lowest common denominator between all the platforms. So for example, if one platform allows you to have images as the background of buttons and the other doesn't, then Xamarin Forms by default will give you just the plain background, not image image background. So if you want to do something more special or something more customized, then you will have to write some platform-specific code and you will have to know it. You have to know the target platform, know how, how to do it there and so on. So that's that's some platform specifics that you will always have to do, especially if you want your application to be properly branded to your, your company, for example. So that will be Xamarin Forms. And Uno Platforms goes one step further where we have also a UI layer based on XAML, but it's not the simplified XAML, it's the full XAML, which is fully templatable and fully styleable. So each control is by default lookless and you can put in any kind of visual layer above it. So the button itself is just the behavior and how you style it is up to you. So you, your application can look completely different however you choose. You can even do platform-specific look. You can do uh, some customized branded look. Whatever you choose is up so to you. Can, can you put like a like a UI framework on there? Like, could you put something like like material design on there or something? Yeah, de definitely, definitely. Yeah, actually, Uno Platform uh, offers you by default a fluent design from Microsoft. So it's like it looks like Windows applications, but mm. you can install a NuGet package that will give you 
material design, which uh, matches Android. And there is mm. now also a package for Cupertino design. So now your application can look like iOS application. But it's, it's again, just styles above existing controls. So if you want something completely different, then you just it's a, just about implementing it. There is nothing limiting you. Yeah, right. Okay. So what, what languages do you use the programming? Is it, is it C-sharp? Is it like JavaScript? Or? Yeah, it, it's all C-sharp plus XAML for the UI. And if you don't have to write any platform specifics, which is the goal, then you will you can stay in a C sharp and uh, XAML. In case you want to do some platform specifics, you can reach into Kotlin for Android, into Swift for iOS, if you really want something uh, close to the metal. And in case of web, if you're targeting WebAssembly, then you can actually write some JavaScript code to, and you can call it from C sharp or like interop with C sharp easily. So so yeah. you're always you're always free to do those platform specific things, but we're trying to make sure that you can stay in the shared code as much as possible, which is the goal and which uh, makes your life easier. Mm. Yeah, cool. So for so, somebody that's that, that hasn't done mobile development before, you know, what's the best way to get started? How do you dig your and get your feet wet? Oh, if you've never done any mobile development, then uh, I would say it's best to start with some basic applications. Like there's a lot of tutorials on building mobile applications. And if you want to try some specific mobile platform like iOS, or if you have an Android phone and you want to deploy applications to Android, then you can definitely do it. And it's maybe easier to start with a single platform first because you're shielded from like knowing that you have to deploy to different devices, dif- different approaches for uh, certifications of applications and so on. So maybe it's best to start with one single platform. But after you're familiar with it, you can really go into Uno platform, which allows you to write single code base and then deploy everywhere. And our basically Uno platform itself started out as a copy, basically, one-to-one copy of the Windows uh, APIs. So if you ever written a UWP application, which is Universal Windows Platform application, then the goal of Uno Platform is that you can take that code, copy and paste it into Uno Platform project and run it everywhere. So the APIs, API surface is exactly the same. So the, if you have a Windows button, windows.ui.xaml.controls.button, then the same namespace is in Uno platform. So when you compile it against Uno, it will just run everywhere. And that's that's the main proposition that you are writing Windows applications and then they run everywhere without you doing anything else. So is one platform or the other easier to start off with? Like, like if you were new, would you start out with? Android, or we just start out with iOS? Like uh, for me, I would start with Windows because, uh, like, even in general, I think the Windows platform has the most like sensible API surface. Like, it mo- uh, the easiest to use as compared to Android and iOS because Android has the issue of having a lot of version history behind it, and there is a lot of deprecated APIs, a lot of uh, APIs that work on specific versions of Android and so on. So there is a lot of things to juggle there. And in case of iOS, 
it's very macOS specific. So if you're a Windows user, then you will have a harder time to getting start, started in that area, uh, especially because you will have to learn how to use the macOS specifics, how to properly compile and deploy to iOS device. Uh, there is a lot of juggling with certificates for provisioning and so on. So it's it's a lot of work. So Windows is the easiest of, easiest of them all, especially because you're developing on a Windows machine and just run it locally, which is the fastest. So even though it's not really a mobile platform, it's a good way to start, especially because you can then deploy everywhere thanks to Uno platform. Yeah, I think you know I dabbled with mobile programming a few years ago now, I guess. And I, I just felt like it was a little bit hard to get set up with um with Android because uh, I mean back then their emulator and probably now it's still just terrible. So you you still need like uh you basically have to install whatever you had onto your phone so to get started. Uh, and then with Mac you basically needed a um the emulator was pretty good but you needed a, a Mac to actually program in. So I think what you're saying is right. If you got a Windows machine, it's just a really good way to just get started. You know, like just just do a Hello World application that just shows up on your on your on your laptop, so mm. yeah. yeah, that's true. And if you're a .NET developer, then the Windows APIs will be probably most familiar to you because it's the it's, it's, it's the same team that worked on .NET as well. So, so there's the same mindset, I would say. Yeah, uh, between C sharp basic C sharp libraries and and Windows development. So it's so probably. I'm guessing if um. I'm guessing you know platform would probably compile to like what .NET Core or something if um, for Windows product. Well, or? it depends on the platform. It's uh, it's uh-uh. currently in a state of flux because Microsoft is trying to unify everything into one .NET. So we're now at .NET five, uh, but .NET five runs properly on just some targets. So we have Android and iOS, which runs .NET five. That's that's good, uh, mm. but. Uh, on the web, we have WebAssembly, which currently runs most uh, most uh, stably on Mono. So there is Mono as the framework, but in the future there will be .NET. It's, there is .NET 5, but there will be .NET 6. And in case of uh, Windows, there is a weird version of .NET Core 3.1, which runs UWP, Universal Windows Platform. And there is not yet a version of uh, UWP that runs .NET 5. So that's also coming in the future. And there is now also WinUI, which is a, a another framework for Windows development, which can run on .NET 5. So there is a lot of versions of .NET. But when you install Uno platform into your Visual Studio, there's an extension to install it. Then you get out of the box a template to create a mob- like an application that targets multiple different platforms. So you don't have to care about setting up everything because it's already prepared for you. Just write your code and it will run everywhere. So that's Uh probably the easiest way to get started. And in the future for .NET 6, there will be a shared project for Android, iOS, and Windows. So you will have just one single project that will run on all the platforms, which will significantly simplify development and reduce the number of different platform-specific projects that you have. Mm-hmm. Right, so just about you know itself, like you said that it was run by a bunch of French developers or they might be Spanish now, I'm not, not sure. Um, but um, <laughs> but like, like are they, is, is it a, is it a, 
just an open source application? Uh, sorry, open source project, or is it um, is it run by a company? What, what's the what's the what's the support like if someone were uh, to? Yeah, I was starting uh, from the from the beginning. So so the company that started Uno Platform is Inventive, based in Montreal in Canada, and they were developing applications for clients. So a lot of different clients were asking for multi-platform applications. And to simplify development, it started to create some shared components, some shared code to just speed things up. And from that number of shared libraries, they realized that they could actually bring this into a product and create an actual framework on which they can build applications. So they did that and then open sourced it. It's, I think, three years ago or at Microsoft Build. It's been open sourced and it's now uh, available on GitHub for everyone to contribute. It's completely free. I'm not sure if the license is Apache or uh, MIT, not sure right, uh, right now, but it's open source and uh, completely free. But the support, the technical support, if you want to have uh, first party professional support, then you can buy it from the company that runs Uno platform. So mm-hmm. basically the uh, way they monetize the product is by providing support to big companies that are betting on Uno and building uh, building their applications in it. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty common way um, to, to monetize open source projects, I think. Just you know, make it all free, um, make it all accessible, transparent and stuff. And then, yeah, the big companies just um, become almost like a consultancy for, for that technology. So, so you're, you're a contributor on it, right? Uh, one second, please. You're a contributor, like you, you're putting in PRs and things like that for, for, for your own platform? Yeah, that's right. I started two years ago and haven't stopped since then. I, I have now like 200 pull requests merged. So yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of them, a lot of features. I, I was uh, at, the, at the beginning, I started contributing mainly to the non-UI layer because Uno platform is not only the UI layer, but also a lot of platform-specific APIs. For example, when you have accelerometer on your mobile phone, so when you move it, it will tell you the XYZ coordinates of the phone. That's, uh, for example, a uh, platform-specific API, which is different on Android, on iOS, on Windows. So I basically made a uh, shared sensor class, which can uh, can allow you to target all the platforms at once, and you will get the same XYZ coordinates, irrespective of, of the platform you're running on. So, Ooh. yeah. And like the most interesting API I did is probably MIDI, which is musical instrument device interface. Uh, so you can now connect a digital piano, for example, to your PC or to your phone, <laughs> and then play the notes and it will show you which notes you're playing or uh, the other way around, you can press some button and it will play on the piano. So it's, it's a very nice API. And I think it's pretty unique because no other cross-platform framework has this. And it really runs everywhere, including the browser. So in WebSM, yeah. you can actually run the Uno platform application and play notes on the digital piano that's connected via USB, for example. So that's pretty fun. Oh, cool. Man. So basically, um, Uno platform uh, compiles to, to WebAssembly as well, is it? Well, well, it's like it runs on top of Mono. And Mono is now like available in WebAssembly. So you can 
your application is basically interpreted by default. That's the default mode, which is not as fast as ahead of time compilation. And in case of ahead of time compilation, there is now a possibility to recompile your application ahead of time. And it will make your application bigger, but as a result, it will run much faster than the just-in-time compilation or the interpreted mode that WebAssembly has by default. But as a result, you have an application, a C-sharp application that runs purely in the browser on the client. So there is no server component involved after you actually download the, the application itself. And then it runs purely on the client and there is no network communication going. It can run completely offline and it actually behaves as an actual application, not as a website. So that's that's pretty nice. Mm. So how does it go about uh, rendering the UI? And you know, What kind of controls do you get that come out of the box with it? Mm-hmm. Well, the UI itself is rendered. You, you're writing XAML code. That's the basic. And uh, how it actually composes the UI depends on the specific platform. So on Android, it uses the native Android drawing APIs to draw the controls. On iOS, it uses UI kits drawing. On macOS, it uses AppKit. In case of uh, WebAssembly, it uses HTML and CSS to actually render the UI of your application. And in case of Linux and uh, in the future, Tizen as well, so it will do, do Skia-Sharp-based rendering. So it's doing 2D graphics rendering, which is then a drawing your application. And out of the box, you will get a lot of different controls, basically matching the Windows APIs. So there are buttons, toggle buttons, checkboxes, radio buttons. Then you have more events, things like split view, navigation view, menu bar, tab bar, also tree view, for example. And so a lot of lot of different different controls which are coming out of the box. Plus, there are many libraries that you can install for Uno platform applications. For example, the Windows Community Toolkit works with Uno platform because it's Windows-based and the team has just compiled it for Uno platform. So there is a lot of controls there. Plus, now Syncfusion and Telerik has uh, also like control toolkits for Uno platform, and maybe one more, but I don't remember the name right now. But there is a lot of lot of different providers of controls for Uno platform as well. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. I've heard about this thing called Uno Calculator. What is that? <laughs> yeah, so... So if you have a Windows computer and run calculator on that on that device, uh, you know the familiar classic Windows calculator. You get a lot of different features, even for programmers. There is like unit core versions as well. So there is a lot of features there, and Microsoft has taken this application and published it as open source project on GitHub. So everyone can now contribute and add features to the Windows calculator, and. The Uno platform team has noticed, of course, that Windows Calculator is open source, and they forked the repo and just compiled it on top of Uno platform. So uh, they kept the XAML code that's there because that's the same XAML as Uno platform uses. They rewrote some of the C++ 
code base that was uh, ancient in the code base and rewrote it into C Sharp. And then they ported some of the C Sharp code to Uno platform as well. So there was not much changes on the C Sharp and XAML side, only on the C++ part. But now you can have your Windows calculator running not only on Windows, but also on iOS, Android, macOS, and the browser completely works completely the same way as on, on Windows and looks completely the same as on Windows. So it's pretty cool. And it's a <laughs> fun showcase because you can really run it everywhere. I've actually run it or on a Tesla Tesla browser. So you, it's pretty cool when you, when you have Windows calculator running on Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. It's compared to, you know, how most of the time, most frameworks will just give you a to-do list. That's kind of like the classic the hello world thing but yeah you guys yeah. made a calculator instead so <laughs> yeah it's, it's much more complex actually the, the calculator is quite complex because it has a lot of unit conversions a lot of uh, like advanced features for programmers and so on so uh, those parts are not the usual parts you find in a basic calculator and on mm. I- ipad probably the best calculator application that's available and it's free so why not download it yeah i think back in the day when i was just a kid and I was programming that was like like a little pocket calculator was probably one of the first things I programmed in like visual, visual basic or something um yeah just when I was just starting out um, as a kid so yeah it's it's a nice thing to try out and especially you learn about all the arithmetic operations and the logic behind hmm. it like also operator precedence and so on it can be quite complex even a basic calculator application Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, back then it was just yeah, dragging and dropping the buttons in and then, yeah, it was just getting that UX right. So no, that was a long time ago. So I don't know if I still have it. Mm. So so there's an, a number of multi-platform development options now. You know, you've got Xamarin, you've got .NET MAUI. So, and then you've got, why would somebody, why would you pick Uno over MAUI, which you see a lot of people are going to hear about? Mm. It's, it's a... It's a tough competition, definitely. Like Microsoft is betting on Maui to be the replacement for Xamarin Forms, even though it doesn't really seem that they have the full direction of the product laid down. Like it seems they they are juggling different options and not really decided what to choose for some things. But like Xamarin Forms by default is mostly optimized for when you're writing applications and you want to have them look as platform-specific applications. So on, so on Android, it feels like Android application. On iOS, it feels like iOS application and so on. Whereas Uno platform by default gives you a shared look, which looks exactly the same everywhere. So like pixel perfect look, that's the same everywhere. And for for companies, that can be an advantage because they will have their application look and feel the same everywhere, which is more and more a very common requirement for applications because you want to like make sure that your applications feel, uh, your users feel at home, no matter which kind of device they actually use. So I think that that would be one advantage uh, or, or one reason why you would choose Uno platform over Xamarin Forms. And the other is that it runs on the web as well. So you cannot run Xamarin Forms or MAUI application in the browser. And the browser is a 
interesting target, especially for corporations and big companies, because now you can have actually .NET developers that develop applications for the browser and for existing developer teams, which are based on .NET, that, that's the, probably the only option for web development because otherwise you would have to write JavaScript or HTML and CSS code, which is something that not many dev, .NET developers really want to do. So. So, so Uno is trying to compete with Xamarin, but then it's also trying to compete with Blazor. Yeah, you know, basically, for the, yeah. For the browser, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's direct competitor to both. And for, for me, for example, for me, Uno platform is better than Blazor, especially because I don't have to write any HTML, CSS, which I'm very bad at. <laughs> so, so in case of Blazor, you still have to know CSS, how to style and how to cascade and so on. But you don't have to do that in case of Uno platform because you have XAML. And if you know XAML, then you, you can style everything easily. So does it convert it to HTML and CSS or is it using like a canvas or something? Uno platform is composing its UI using HTML elements. So it's using, uh, like it's generating HTML behind the scenes. So you don't have to touch it. You are using the managed side of things, but at the background it's rendered using HTML and CSS. So it's not canvas, it's directly using HTML elements. And the advantage there is that it allows for better accessibility. So you can make sure that your application is usable for, for people with some, for example, site disabilities, for example. So are there any um, big companies that are currently using Platform? Are there any products or websites that are currently using it? Yeah, definitely. There are uh, many, actually. Uh, there is a lot of clients of of uh, Inventive, uh, which are already you uh, which which are running on Uno platform. Like uh, the clients mm. of Inventive always get their applications running uh, in Uno platform, but there are also now companies that are paid paying customers to Uno platform. For example, Kawa, which is a construction company, is now building a very complex application using Uno platform, and there are others. Like the showcase of uh, existing applications which are running in Uno platform and are published publicly is on the Uno platform website. So there's uh, you can check mm. there which which companies are betting on Uno. But it's it's definitely growing, and especially in the last half year, uh, the rate has accelerated a lot. Like there is a lot of new contributors. There are a lot of new issues on GitHub, especially. And there is a uh -huh. lot of chatter about the new platform because it's it's a cool cool technology and it's uh, really starting to get known in the .NET world. Mm. Nice. So what's the, uh, what's the future of Uno platform? Well, Microsoft is currently working on unifying Windows desktop development into WinUI which will be probably and hopefully last like attempt to unify Windows development. And from then on, we'll be, we'll be always building WinUI applications instead of uh, combining different technologies. So Uno platform will transition to those APIs once they are uh, publicly available. So you will be able to build uh, applica Windows applications again and then run them everywhere. So that's the first goal of Uno Platform to support WinUI from day one. And apart from that, expanding the API surface, adding new controls, 
uh, and adding support for more third-party libraries, especially because there is a lot of controls and APIs that are available on GitHub. And uh, adding support for Uno platform is usually just compiling Uno, uh, compiling the library against Uno. So it's not that much work and it brings a lot of benefits for the users. So is there anything we, we haven't covered that our listeners should know about with Uno? Hmm. Well, can you make we, a Super Mario game? Oh, you can, you can definitely <laughs> make Super Mario game. <laughs> like it, it will be possible in XAML itself, but you can also embed Skia Sharp rendering into the application. So in that case, you will have hardware optimized Skia rendering inside of your Uno platform application. And a fun thing is that in case of the Skia based targets like Linux, you can actually have a Linux application that's running Uno platform, using uh, which is rendered using Skia Sharp, and then you have a Skia Sharp control within the Uno platform application. So it's like Inception, uh, Skia within Skia, <laughs> and it all actually works. So so it's just you can work with it like a control within your application. It will just render using Skia Sharp. It's pretty nice. Mm. A better question would be: Does it compile into like? Like a, a switch application, I guess, um, or, or a PS Five application or something. That's that's a Caleb question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yep. Can you run it on the Switch, Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. Well, if if Nintendo gives us the APIs, then we will definitely do that. Mm. <laughs> Very cool. Anything else? Well, I think we covered most of the important things. Like uh, I maybe maybe something about getting started with Uno platform that would be mm. interesting. It's always helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so if you want to get started like with the basics, you can go to the Uno platform website, check the documentation because there is a lot of uh, nice tutorials there uh, from different kinds of perspectives. So when you want to start just a basic application, then there are some specific uh, guides for integrating native controls into your application. So if you want some, for example, specific HTML JavaScript component in your application and you want to run it inside of Uno platform and you can do it and there is exact steps how to do it. You can also read about communicating with WebSockets. There are also guides on using web cookies in the browser and so on. A lot of different uh, different tutorials on the documentation there. And we actually updated the docs lately, uh, recently. So there's a new search feature. So you can easily search between the articles and find exactly what you need. Yeah, I'm looking at the website here. It's a very good website. Very useful. Lots of stuff there. It's great. Yeah, and there's also one interesting application, uh, which is gallery.platform.uno. And that's a showcase application for uh, Uno platform UI side. So there's a lot of different controls showcased there. You can actually switch between the Fluent UI design, the material design, and the Cupertino design. And you can see how all those controls work in the browser as well as on the on uh, mobile devices. So you can download this application from Play Store or App Store on Apple. So you can check cool. how it works. I'm guessing the website itself is built in. Uh, once again, please. I said, I'm, 
I'm guessing the website itself, um, like the Uno website itself, would be built in Uno, right? Uh, not yet, not yet, actually. Oh, okay. Before <laughs> <laughs> you would have compiled it, so, yeah. Well, like the playground, the gallery applications, and so on, it's it's all Uno platform. But the mm. website itself is HTML and CSS based currently. Because uh, I think it's uh, a WordPress, WordPress. Uh, I guess startups, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, because it's especially currently for. CEO, SEO, I think SEO for search engine optimization. Basically, it's better to have HTML, CSS-based applications because Google doesn't yet understand WebAssembly applications that well. So that's the main reason why you would would probably go for for HTML, CSS for basic web applications and then for for basic websites and then for some more interactive applications. Parts of an application, you would go to full Uno platform or mm. full WebAssembly. Uh, it's probably the same with Blazor as well. I think it's, yeah, I think I'm pretty um, positive about the future of the web uh, being mainly WebAssembly. But yeah, we're, we're, I think it's, we're still kind of right on the cutting edge right now, you know? Definitely. Uh, it's, it's definitely very much in flux, and there's a lot of important features missing. So, for example, you cannot easily manipulate the DOM from the WebAssembly part, you have to communicate with JavaScript, which then does the DOM manipulation, for example. So there is a middleware mm-hmm. layer and that slows it down. Plus, uh, multi-threading is not really at properly supported. So you have, you have just one single thread, which is not ideal, definitely. And so, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of improvements coming later, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it will just take time to get those things implemented. Mm, that's right. In Uno platform, you've got a full set of APIs for access to the hardware or for whatever device you're running on. Yeah, like there's a lot of APIs. So like for the device sensors, definitely. For for some some different some different OS integrations, like for example, jump list or app app shortcuts. That's already implemented it, and there's a lot of other things like network communication. So you can check if uh, you're connected to the internet. There's network information API for that, and so on. So there's a lot of these hooks already prepared that just run uh, the same way on all platforms, and you can just write single code. But if you want something even more specific, for example, uh, Android has some uh, ambient light sensor which is not available anywhere else, you can still do it. You can still write platform-specific code and just easily switch to platform-specific anytime in your application. It's just about you writing some pound if Android, and then you can write platform-specific code for Android, and then you uh, pound about end if, and you're back into shared code. So you can use compiler specifics for, for each of the platforms. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I think that that sounds like a lot of things that we've kind of covered in a, really a short amount of time. Right. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to take you know a lot of people reading and trying out the demos and examples and things like that really to come up to, with speed, but uh, probably won't take them too long if they've done any sort of either desktop development or, or web de- development before. So Yeah, it's easy to get started and it's better to actually have your hands on and try it out on your own than just 
hearing about it or reading about it because it's a different experience to see it come to life on your mobile device on or on in your browser and there is also a playground dot platform dot uno which is a web application when you can where you can actually try out xaml code in the browser and it will live render the result in the browser as well so you can just try out things before you actually install visual studio and then you install uno platform extension there so if you want if you don't yet know if you want to commit to it you can just try it out in the browser first yeah and then if they really want to get into the, the nitty gritty they can check out uh, the actual source code and figure out how uno does things right that's right and, and, and even contribute definitely yep. And uh, definitely also submit issues because that's we're always grateful to have feedback to know what can be improved and to see if something doesn't work properly on any platform because we have a lot of them and it's sometimes hard to keep track of uh, where something doesn't work. So it's very good when people submit feedback and help us improve. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, folks. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. I think I'm going to move in, into picks now. So let's go. Why? What's your pick for this week? So today's pick is just, I've been listening to some of the music I used to like, and I thought I'd have my pick for one of my all-time favorite bands. They're called The Offspring. So they were really big in the, in the 90s. I think they're still making music now. Um, I like a lot of these bands, but I, I generally only like the old stuff. But um, yeah. The old I, stuff, like the a, old stuff, the 90s. They call that the old <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> the music when I was young, you know, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, the offspring. So um, they're like a punk rock band. The guy's got a really high pitched voice, but um, yes, yeah, just good band. Check it out. So. All right, my pick this week is a sleep sensing mat that I've been using for the past few months, and it's it's really cool. You just put it underneath your mattress, and this is what's amazing about this device: is you put it under your mattress. You're not wearing anything, and it's able to pick up your breathing. It's able to pick up your pulse. It's able to pick up the different phases of sleep that you're in and all through that. And then it just reports everything nightly to your phone so you can see how things went. And it's called the, the Withings Sleep Mat. It's only a hundred bucks, but it actually has oh. worked out uh, real well. hundred bucks US. And uh, we were looking at getting new mattresses. And then some of the mattresses you can buy nowadays have sleep sensors in them. But those sensors are usually like four, four, five hundred dollars, and I would say this one probably is just as good. And because it's not part of the mattress, you can upgrade it and do whatever you want when something comes better. But uh, 
it really does a good, a pretty good job. And I wouldn't say it was probably medically accurate, but it's it's good information into what it can give. And and I just can't believe what kind of sensor that they could pick up. I mean, we have an air mattress that's like eight inches thick that we sleep on. It's you know a sleep number bed, and it picks up my heart rate, and it's like amazing. So awesome, yeah. No, because um, I was gonna um, like I, I was. I was trying to track my sleep with my watch, but I can't sleep with a watch. Like it's just so hard to get used to. <laughs> really? Huh? And I'm not sure how accurate it is either. So yeah, this um, yeah, actually I, I I I have an Android watch as well. Yeah. And this thing seems more accurate than the watch. Oh, okay, nice. The, the yes. watch is always telling me I'm sleep asleep at like seven PM, eight PM at night. It's like I was just sitting <laughs> on the couch. You know, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what what are you using it for? Are you just trying to figure out how much you how much sleep you're getting per night. I think? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know. You know, if I am I getting enough recovery sleep. You know, like REM sleep or deep sleep and things like that. But also, you know, look at the heart rate. You know, kind of. It's a good, good health. Oh, so it, wait, it measures your heart rate. Though? How would it yeah. measure your heart rate? Like, <laughs> it's that sensitive that it picks up your your pulse through the mattress. Oh wow. Okay. Mm, crazy. Okay, I will have to check it out. So. Yep, check it out. At least pull up the website and and, and look at it. But yep, does all that kind of stuff and can even you know help you coach because it actually tracks what time you go to sleep and wake up. Yeah, and so it lets it knows if you're consistent about your your sleep patterns. Yeah, yeah. All right, Martin, what's your pick for our audience? Mm, so, you can have more than one. Oh, I'll I'll probably have two then. For example, I will start with a podcast because we're doing a podcast now. So <laughs> my favorite podcast is Darkness Diaries, which is a very interesting podcast, uh, uh, which especially focuses on uh, internet security. And it contains a lot of interesting stories about uh, global hacks, about uh, things that went wrong. For example, on the Olympics in Korea, there was uh, there was an episode that described how how physical penetration testing is done, where where people actually try to break into buildings and break into different banks, for example, and try to hack their systems there, and so on. So it's a very interesting podcast that has a lot of different uh, stories that are worth listening to. So, yeah, that dark Nick one, I've, I've, I've listened to it as well. It's yeah. pretty good. So. It's very fun. And my second pick would be, again, from the mobile development space. It's a book by Matt Lacey, who is a very well-known mobile developer from the .NET space. And he wrote a book, Usability Matters, uh, where he focuses on uh, how to make a very very easy to use and very usable application, especially focused on the mobile side of things, and uh, really has a lot of interesting and useful insights into how to design things so that they are easy for users to understand and easy for users to actually use. So your application can then be much, much better approved by users and have better ratings. Great, great, great. Well, thanks, Martin, for coming today and telling us all about the Uno platform. I hope uh, our audience has gotten something out of it and they spent a lot of time checking it out and building Uno platform apps. Yeah, I hope so as well. And I hope they will also contribute because we're always happy to see open source contributors. And when the event is Hacktoberfest this uh, this October, then we're also accepting Hacktoberfest contributions there. 
If they have questions and want to re- reach out to you, how can they get in touch? Yeah, I'm available on all the social networks, mainly on Twitter. So that's the easiest way to contact me or on GitHub. If you find me, there's uh, uh, there will be also a link to GitHub on the on the side of the podcast. But uh, yeah, you can tag me in any issue regarding Kuno platform and I will try to answer. Great. Thanks, Martin. If our listeners want to reach out to the show and get in touch with us, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch with me on Twitter. I am at .NET Superhero. I'm trying to do a Caleb, but um, (laughs) just can't do it without him. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, Martin. Thank Thank you. Glad to have you on the show. I thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. We'll catch everybody else on the next episode of Adventures in .NET. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.